We're just so glad to see you folks here today in our new television studio in beautiful Moore Park, just down the hill from Ronald Reagan's library. So, you know, we're just keeping the very best company, aren't we? That's why we've got you folks here today, because we consider you folks to be a part of our team, and we just want to give you the warmest welcome. My topic today is sort of a bombshell. I'm going to talk for a little bit about political correctness that I sort of don't like, but then I'm going to talk about the fate of the heathen. But firstly, we're glad to welcome the pastor, the senior pastor of the Thousand Oaks Church, Pastor Larry Meager, and he's going to come out and he's going to say the prayer. Our Father, when we stop and just think about those two words, it brings us indescribable joy. Our Father, a Father who sits on his throne in heaven and sits in our hearts. And we thank you for that from the bottom of our hearts. This is made possible through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our older brother, who came as one of us, who gave his life, and on the third day was resurrected again and is in heaven. But he didn't leave before he promised that he would come again that he would not abandon us, that he would give us the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and to our minds. And so for this wonderful gift, our Father, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit, this in his name we do pray. Amen. 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 The topic today is the fate of the heathen. What is going to be the fate of those people who don't hear the gospel? Firstly, today, I want to talk just a little bit about political correctness. I seem to think that political correctness is not only the curse of America, but it can be the curse of the Christian church. Uh, political correctness says you can't say anything that may somehow offend anybody. Now, I want you to know we should never set out and start out to offend any person. We should never, ever say anything that is going to offend somebody just because we are careless. But the Bible tells us that most importantly, we need to be able to teach and to preach the truth because the preaching of the gospel of Christ is going to offend some people. Even here in the United States of America, where people are losing their religious freedoms. I want you to take your Bible today, and we're going to come over here to a text. And I'm using the new KJV. I'm turning over here to John chapter 8 and verse 32. John chapter 8 and verse 32, my friend. John chapter 8. And verse 32, I want you to notice it in the Word of God. And we put this up here on this giant screen also, but I, I want you to see it in the Bible because Jesus said these words, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. 
Truth shall make you free. We need freedom. Here in America, we believe that freedom is a very precious word. I believe today we're in danger of our freedoms being taken from us. Even Dr. Billy Graham, that patron saint of the Christian church in America, said Christians in North America are going to be persecuted by their government. And so the teaching of truth is tremendously important. And today we need to take a stand and say that whatever it costs, we are going to be preachers of the truth of God. So help us God. Now today's topic is the gospel and the fate of the heathen. What happens to people who don't hear the gospel? The first truth I want to talk about today is this. Number one, here it is. Jesus alone is the way to everlasting life. That's politically incorrect because it's going to offend a lot of people. But the Bible teaches that Jesus is the way to everlasting life. Would you come over here to Acts chapter 4? And verse 11 and 12. Acts chapter 4 and verse 11 and 12. The Bible says, This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Listen to me. We do not seek to be judgmental. God is the judge. But the judge has already told us the truth. The Bible says, Jesus said, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So Christ is the way. Can I say this to you? Can I say it softly? Not Muhammad. People say, no, 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 all roads lead to heaven. As long as you are sincere, you are going to be saved. What are you going to do with this text in the Bible? There's no other name, not Muhammad, not Moses, the great lawgiver of the Old Testament. We're not saved through Moses and the law. Not St. Paul, who gave us the book of Romans that talks about grace and faith. Not St. Paul. Not certainly not Buddha, and certainly not Kala, Kali, one of the great gods of the Hindus. The Bible says Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Now respect is different to acceptance. We respect you as a person made in the image of God, but we may not accept your belief system or your lifestyle. So when people come to me and they say, but I have a certain lifestyle and you don't believe in it, but you've got to do so-and-so because this is my lifestyle, I say, I will not because I have freedom. I respect your freedom. I ask you to respect mine. And there's no other name under heaven. Not all ideas 
are of equal value. Now, that's completely politically incorrect. We live in a society that says all ideas are of equal value. No, they're not. I've been to Russia now 44 times. People have said, why have you gone to Russia so many times? Do you like it there? Not, not, not especially. <laughs> when I was there in Moscow, minus 25 degrees at Red Square. No, I go there because of the gospel. And what I saw in Russia is a wake-up call for America today. You know what atheism did in Russia? Most people don't know. Most young people haven't got any idea about history today. They have no idea. They haven't got a clue. The atheists in Russia over a period of 70 years put to death as a minimum 50 million innocent people. You're going to tell me all ideas are the same? When I went to Russia, I had to tell the people, you're not an animal. You're not a machine. You're a child of God. There's a God who loves you. So don't tell me all ideas are the same. I won't buy it. Jesus is the only way because he is almighty God, the creator in human flesh. Now, Muhammad never claimed to be that. He's the prophet of God. He, you know, we don't criticize him and, and we respect him and we respect the great faith of Islam. But Jesus is the only one because he claimed to be almighty God in human flesh. So would you take your Bible and turn over here to John chapter 8, verse 54 to 59. John chapter 8 and verse 54 to 59. John chapter 8 and verse 54 to 59. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And I say, and if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. And then he said these words. Just, just look at this on the screen for a moment. You got it open in the... Bible, which is great because it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But look at this. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And uh, the next text tells us, and they took up stones to throw at him. You know why they took up stones? Because they knew he was claiming to be almighty God. No other man, no human being can say things like that. He said, I am the great I am. These are the words that belong to Yahweh Elohim, the almighty God. So this religion of Jesus is not just like any other religion. So don't give me the stuff that says all religions are the same. We're being brainwashed with this political correctness that says all religions are the same. It's not true. Come over here to Exodus chapter 3. 
Exodus chapter 3. This is the story of Moses and the burning bush. When Moses was confronted by God in the burning bush, Exodus 3 and verse 13 to 15, Exodus chapter 3. Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. I want you to think about this. You've all heard of C.S. Lewis, haven't you? He was the great Oxford Don, a member of the, the old church of my fathers and my mothers, the Church of England. He said he was one of the greatest minds in the world. He said, when people come to me and they say, I don't accept the divinity of Christ, but I do believe that Christ Jesus, Jesus was a good man, a great teacher. C.S. Lewis said, don't dare patronize him. He claimed to be God. He said, what would you do with a man who comes to you and says that he is a poached egg? Now think about it. You say he's crazy. He's not a great man, he's crazy. Jesus made claims that nobody in the history of the world ever claimed. He said, I am the almighty. So he said, either he is a madman or the God-man. And if he's the madman, he is not a good man. He's a deluder and he's deluded and he is deceived. And so the claims of Christ are extraordinary and they cannot be just brushed aside. Come to John 14 and verse 6. John chapter 14 and verse 6. These words were read yesterday at Mrs. Reagan's funeral just up the road here Mm -hmm. in Simi Valley up on top of the mountain. Beautiful place. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can't get to God except through Jesus. So, you know, I I don't want to be, I don't want to sound judgmental. I don't want to sound narrow-minded, but I want to say Jesus is the way. Mm Mm-hmm. And I I, I don't care about all this foolishness and this political correctness that says every road leads to heaven. All you've got to do is uh, get in touch with your inner self, the God who is within you. There is no good in me. My goodness comes down from God. You see, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the Christ of God. It's the next great truth. Jesus is the Christ of God and paid for our sins when he died our death on the cross. 
But you say, well, of course, I believe our Muslim friends believe this. No, 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 no. They do not believe that Jesus died on the cross. They say they, they accept him as a mighty prophet of God. God bless them. But they say the Christ of God could not die on a cross. Gandhi, the leader of the Hindus, said, I love your Christ, but I cannot believe in this idea of one person dying for another. He said, I repudiate that entirely. The most controversial truth is that God in Christ came down from glory and on the cross died for our sins. Would you come over here to John chapter 3, verse 14 and onwards? John chapter 3 and verse 14 and onwards in the word of God. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Last night I was reading a little bit about Shackleton. Shackleton was the great British explorer. He was an Irishman as well as being an Englishman. And he went down to the Antarctica and his ship got caught up in the ice and uh, crushed to death. He had to leave some of his men, most of his men behind. And he and some of his companions got into this little boat that was about 20 feet long and sailed across to tempestuous seas and they came to a place where there were human beings. And with the help of the Chilean government, they got a boat and he traveled back to save his man. Shackleton had a heart condition. He passed out several times on the journey. And when he came back and found his men who were starving to death and half crazed with the cold, they said to him, we knew you would come, brother. We knew you would come. And so Christ, God in Christ, comes across the space of a billion galaxies. And God the eternal spirit becomes God the, God the man. This is the most controversial truth in the world today. The most politically Incorrect truth that God becomes a man and he is the only way to salvation. Now the amazing thing is the cradle in the womb of the Virgin Mary for nine months was God. Hmm. Who can understand it? It's an incomprehensible mystery. And when he was hung on the cross, what happened Jesus said, as the snake or as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now the serpent was full of poison. 
and under the curse of God. How could this have any relationship to the sinless Christ? God in human flesh. It's an incomprehensible mystery. Except when we come to understand, as Paul pointed out, out in the epistle to the Corinthians, that the poison of sin was laid upon him. The sin of the world. And he was treated as though he were the worst of sinners and endured the wrath of an unspeakably righteous God. No other religion believes this. The message of the gospel is God loves you because God sees you and he loves you, whoever you are. And salvation is found in no one else. And now I come to the most politically incorrect uh, statement I've ever made. And I've taken a talk like this before. And this talk, you will be amazed. You may not be amazed, but I will tell you, this is the talk that gets people more upset than any other talk I've ever given. And I will get phone calls and I will get letters and I'm talking from believers and they will say, this was the worst thing I've, I've ever heard. Because we do not believe it. We believe that people are going to be saved by their righteous deeds and they're going to be saved because they're in ignorance. And because they are in ignorance, they will be saved. But what I'm saying is that is not true. People without Christ are lost. I just want you to think about this for a moment. You may find it totally unacceptable. You may say, I, I can accept so many other things, but I cannot accept the idea that people without Christ are lost. Who do we think we are? But it is the teaching of the Bible. Would you come over here to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2? And as you know, we live today in an intellectually and spiritually barren race. People no longer read Holy Scripture. Would you come over here to Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2? And remember, not all opinions are the same. The most important opinion is the opinion of Scripture. Ephesians 2, verse 1 and 2, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. The Bible says without Christ we are as dead as can be. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now is at work in the sons of disobedience. The Bible says that before I come to Christ, I am dead. It doesn't say, I am saved. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So a person without Christ is dead. And that is why we preach the gospel. Because the preaching of the gospel is a resurrection for the dead. Would you come over here to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12? 
This is perhaps the most politically incorrect text in the Bible. He says, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Oh dear. Having no hope and without God in the world. Uh, I don't know what you think about this, but the Bible says, at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, the people of God, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, no hope, and without God in the world. One of my colleagues came to me and he said, you say these things because you are an evangelist. He said, you, 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 say that you say these things because of what you are. I said, no, I am what I am because of these truths. It's the other way around. I do this work because I believe that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And people are lost without Christ. I've spoken to millions and millions of lost souls. And I've seen vast numbers find salvation. Let me mention some commonly believed myths. Number one, people are saved if they don't know better. If they're ignorant, well, keep them in ignorance then because then they're saved. Don't tell them. People are saved if they are in darkness. If that is true, keep them in darkness. People are saved until they actually reject. Well, don't give them the opportunity of rejecting. It sounds how some churches operate. People are born saved is one of the greatest heresies. Totally unbiblical. People are saved by their good works. I don't believe any of this. Come over here to Romans chapter 2 and verse 12. Romans chapter 2. I need to have uh, a theology that is not based upon what I want to believe, but what is based upon the word of God. Romans chapter 2 and verse 12 says, for as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law. There's the answer. People who sin without a knowledge of God will perish will perish without a knowledge of God, but as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. And then the text goes on to say, for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. So people say, well, that text proves that people are going to be saved by their obedience to the law on the heart. The text does not say that. The text says 
that their thoughts accuse or excuse them. It doesn't say they're saved. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.